John 3.16, Part 2 John chapter 3, verse 16, part 2. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is love that has given us Christ, and given us everlasting life. We should marvel at the matchlessness of this love. There is a matchlessness and who it comes from, from the infinite God, boundless, eternal, all-wise, all-powerful, all-good. 1 John 4.8 tells us that God is love. He exists perfectly in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, in a perfect community and unity of love. And he isn't in need of anything. He wasn't required to love us by some command or force, but yet he did love us, and he does love us. It's his essence, who he is, and that makes this love unlike anything else. There is also a matchlessness in the occasion of this love. While we were yet sinners. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were separated from God, at enmity with God, because of our own sin and rebellion. In the face of that, God still loved us. We must understand that the giving of Christ to the world is the result of God's love, not the cause of it. He loved us first while we were yet sinners. He does not only love us after Christ comes and dies or as a result of that, There is a matchlessness in what it cost. God didn't give an angel or any created being. He gave the most priceless gift, the perfect, sinless Savior. The greatest tragedy in all of history, a truly perfect, spotless man dying, the God-man, Christ Jesus, put to death and dying with the weight of sin on his shoulders. We see the phrase, whosoever believes. This is vital to see that those who gain eternal life are those who believe. We know the scriptures clearly speak of the elect. The elect is God's people, those foreknown, predestined. But we never ask ourselves, am I elect? That's never the right question. The right question is, do I believe? Over and over again, we see the exhortation to believe, the call to believe. Acts 16.31 Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Romans 10.9 If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What is this belief? What kind of belief gains eternal life? Is it just a factual belief? Is it just a knowing who Christ is and knowing that he died? Is it just believing that these are true facts? There is knowledge involved, and you must believe this is a truth, but it's more than that. Our forefathers spoke of saving faith in this way, as threefold, or involving three things, knowledge, assent, 
trust. So we must know who Christ is, what he has done, and what that means. That's knowledge. And we must believe these things to be true. We must believe that they really happened, that Christ really is who he says he is, and has done what the word says he's done. That's assent. But assent also goes further. It implies a personal aspect to this knowledge of the truth and an assent to us. We must believe that Christ has done these things, but not just for some unknown, hypothetical people, but for us, for me. Christ died, and his forgiveness, his righteousness, his love is offered to me. We must know and assent that he died for me. Then we must trust. We must trust that Christ has taken all my sin, not just part of my sin, not that there's some remaining work I have to do to gain God's favor, or I have to still prove myself before God. No, but we trust in Christ and his finished work, and rest in his word that he means it when he says, it is finished. He has washed away sin and washed away my sin. He has justified me, me personally, and made me right with God. It must be personal. It must be our sins that we see on that cursed tree with Christ and our rising again with Christ from the dead. He has done it all for me. That is faith, knowledge, assent, trust. And it's not the strength of your belief. The smallest of faith, the smallest of belief, if true belief, if true faith, is saving faith. Our salvation does not rest on the strength of our belief, but on Christ. Our faith grabs hold of Christ. Faith is the instrument to bring us to Christ into union and communion with Him. Come to Christ. As our forefathers would say, we must close with Christ. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life.